This is the Seattle Mama Doc Podcast, and I'm Dr. Wendy Sue Swanson. We all work so hard to perfect how we pull off parenthood, and often we may not feel we're doing it well enough. Parenting is a high stakes job, but I'm here to help you face these challenges head on. I'm here with Dr. Maida Chen. She's a good friend, pediatric pulmonologist, and sleep expert. We're here talking a little bit about our babies and when they dreamed and how they dream, how we dream, and kind of what is a little bit of the science of dreaming. Maida, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. This all came up because my youngest, when he was five, he had his at least the first dream that he showed up at the breakfast table and talked about this dream about a giant marshmallow. And there was something so delicious about it, like the innocence of that and kind of how he'd put together the story of how he told us. And it got me thinking of like what what do we what do we know about dreams? What do we not know about dreams? And and kind of is there a way to you know like I think is there a way to help our kids have good dreams? Right? I mean I think we all want that, right? Think of the sweet dreams that we say just before everyone goes off to sleep. I think there are a lot of ways we can help our kids have sweet dreams. Probably the first part of it is to make sure that they get good sleep, <laughs> yeah. um, and making sure that their days are filled with good things to dream about. Mm-hmm. But I think. Getting back to the original question, we really know so very little about dreams. It's it's quite impressive how very little we do know about it. Scientifically, Scientifically speaking. Scientifically speaking. Yeah. So what about like, you know, most people I think tend to think, oh, dreaming happens during REM sleep, meaning when if you look over at someone who's sleeping next to you or you look at your kid and they're kind of thrashing around and their eyes are moving underneath their eyelids, they're dreaming. REM sleep is the most common time to have dream recall, and we think that it's probably the more common time to dream, but we can actually dream through all stages of sleep. It's just awfully hard to know without being able to poke somebody awake multiple Uh times throughout the night and say, what were you thinking? What were you dreaming? Right. And when we remember our dreams, is it just because, you know, we were talking earlier about, um, you know, the number of awakenings we all have. So when we transition between one stage of sleep to another or REM back to a, a different delta wave sleep or something else, that during those transitions we awaken, is it that we have to awaken to get that memory kind of into longer storage? I mean, how does it happen that we, we might dream all night and we remember maybe once a month? Nobody really knows that part either. I think a lot of dream recall is how sleep deprived you are. So if you are really tired between these um, usual sleep stage shifts that we have and that you don't have any recall during those transitions, you probably have very little dream recall. If you make it a habit to really wake up between these transitions Mm -hmm. and write down what you have just (laughs) dreamed, you probably would be amazed at what you saw in the morning. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. So when, when do you think from what you know as a sleep expert and looking at all these sleep studies night after night, when did babies or kids start dreaming? I would really like to think that they start dreaming in infancy. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of REM sleep and proportionately much more REM sleep as infants as we do as older huh. adults and children. Why is that, do you think? You know, people postulate that it's related to learning and memory consolidation. And so if you think about it, babies learn so much more than what we learn. We feel like we learn a lot on a daily basis, but babies have to learn the very basics. So they have a lot of REM sleep, and I'd like to think that they dream in some way, shape, or form during that time. They just can't communicate it to us. But we've all looked at babies and seen them smile and giggle during their sleep, and I've just... I really hope that they're thinking <laughs> of something good so during too. that time. They just can't tell me. They're just like waiting for that bite of avocado tomorrow. Or or like, exactly, something <laughs> like it's that. like the ride in the Bjorn. Yeah, that's pretty good. So um, when, when you think about um, challenges with dreams, so I guess the first thing that comes to mind are nightmares. You know, are there certain things that parents should know to avoid to help prevent nightmares? I think nightmares in particular, um, around the ages of a 
between three, four, five, six, around there, a lot of children still have trouble distinguishing between reality and non-reality and imagination. And so remembering that whatever they see during the day, whether it be on media, on the news, in real life, can very easily translate into a dream, and that child doesn't necessarily know that it's not real. Yeah. And so that's really important to know that in that age group that you want to limit exposure to things that are potentially scary or just too, too much information for a little brain to process right away. And really, that includes the majority of TV shows and cartoons out there. Yeah. Like, for instance, something like SpongeBob, and mm-hmm. not to pick on SpongeBob, but that. But we're going to. But we're going to. <laughs> is that that visual imagery that occurs? Nothing really moves in real life at those speeds. Right. And well, there's it, that great study that compared that actually Dr. Dmitry Krasakis did, exactly. right? That compared the Nickelodeon stuff to the kind of PBS sprout like type Caillou stuff. Type Caillou, type oh stuff, my God! Yeah. And Caillou makes you want to just like you know take your toes off. It does, but, but it moves at a speed I know, that I know, I know. three and four year old actually move at and um, in terms of processing speed not so much physical speed right Um, but I think it's important for parents to realize that you know it may be great that you can have your kids sit still for 20 minutes and look at a cartoon so you can do something that you need to do and it keeps them relatively safe but it's probably not the best thing for their brain particularly if it's right before bedtime and it is something that really exposes them to things that's just right for the picking in terms of dream content. That was one question I had for you. Is it does it matter? So if your child's exposed to rapid fire cartoon that might be a bit violent or kind of startling, is is there a relationship that if they watch it at two in the afternoon versus if they watch it at seven thirty at night, do you think that it will change its impact on a dream or a nightmare? It does. I think we know that um Media exposure, TV exposure right before bedtime in the hour or two before bedtime impacts sleep much more than that same exposure earlier in the day and farther from sleep. And we know a little bit about that in the blue light, right, and the suppression of, you know, for parents, right, we we don't want screen time right before bed because it kind of activates you. It doesn't really make you tired. And the light from the screen can impair your body secreting the sleep hormone, melatonin. But is content part of that too, Maida? I think content is. This is less well studied than some of these other areas, but it's pretty evident that kids who are exposed to a lot of things, let's say, for instance, Minecraft or um, more warfare type of video games in the hours right before bed tend to dream about those much more than if they had played them earlier in the day. That's awesome. Well, um, Maida, I love thinking about inspiring Awesome. I like I liked your soundbite about, you know, if we can create really great daytime experiences for our kids, we might help build beautiful nighttime dream experiences for our kids. And I think the takeaways for me today are dreaming might really happen during infancy. We can all hope that and enjoy that. Um, and it might happen a lot during the night, not just in REM sleep, but in some of the other stages and transitions. And if we're lucky enough to wake up and remember it here and there, um, and hopefully our kids can do that here and there, um, we can kind of enjoy the an imagination and exploration. But that these kids who are young, before age eight or nine, who can't tease out fantasy and reality, what we expose them to and what they do during the day might change a dream into a nightmare. Exactly. Thank you so much for joining me here on Seattle Mama Doc podcast. Um, Maida, please come back and join us another time and um, we'll keep everyone dreaming. The reality is parenting is a high stakes job, but the good news is you've got this. Thanks for listening. The Seattle Mama Doc podcast episodes air every single week. I'm always interested in hearing what you have to say, what was helpful and what you want to learn more about. 
reach out to me on Twitter at Seattle Mama Doc, on my Facebook, Seattle Mama Doc, or at SeattleMamaDoc.com. Tell me what you want to learn. Tell me if you want to join me and point me to experts you'd love to learn more from. 